Welcome to our Together on Mission podcast, where we seek to be with and like Jesus. Your host is Travis Twineman, the lead pastor at the Inland Vineyard Church in Corona, California. In this season of the podcast, we're going to begin each day in a gospel passage. Whether it's something Jesus said or something Jesus did, it's always something about Jesus. As we begin a conversation with Jesus that will begin in the morning and then last throughout the day, as we discover yet again how wonderfully irresistible Jesus of Nazareth actually is. Please welcome this week's host on the Together on Mission podcast, our worship arts pastor, Johnny Brown. Well, good morning again, everyone. My name's Johnny Brown. I'm the worship arts pastor at the Inland Vineyard Church, and it's been my privilege to lead us through some uh, meditation and contemplation this week as we are together on mission. Uh, yes, so if you've been following with us this week, we've been we've been uh, focusing in on people that Jesus has had come across while he was uh, doing ministry here on earth that um, in like culturally speaking and uh, in the society they were considered um, not doing well. They were considered being out of the circle. They were considered as missing the mark. But we see Jesus time and again kind of going and saying, nope, actually, they're doing it well. That's the right way. And the way that we think is the right way isn't always the right way. So we're that's the theme that we're talking about this week. And... Today we're going to be in Luke 7, and we're talking about Jesus being anointed by a sinful woman, and that's what it says in my uh, title above um, in the text. I love this story. It's one of my favorite stories that is in the New Testament because it just really turns on, it turns everything on its head. Um, Let me paint the picture for you. The text says it itself. It's verse 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? And Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she's poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, Her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. 
Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the women, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So it's a little bit of a longer section, but man, what a beautiful, beautiful encounter. The Pharisees, they were the elite, the the holy men of that time. The ones who were most schooled in the Torah, the law. They were the ones that were leading the Jewish uh, society in what it means to follow Yahweh and what it looks like to live your life as a worship offering. So these men, you can see by their their reaction to this sinful woman. Um, This is a woman who had a reputation in the town. People knew her and she was thought to have been working in the uh, sex industry. She was a prostitute, most likely. And she had a reputation. People knew her. And the Pharisees definitely knew her. So they, of course, as Pharisees do, judged her. And it I mean, it doesn't get any clearer. They said, Jesus, if you really were a prophet, you would know who this woman was and you wouldn't even let her touch you. I mean, that's the level of judgment they had in that society. That If that woman touches you now, her uncleanliness, her sin would somehow be transferred to you as when she touched you. That's what they thought. And the Pharisees were very, very uh, direct about it. You know, they didn't try to not hurt people's feelings. Um, you know, we may try to, we may judge people in our minds and never actually say the things that we're thinking. But the Pharisees, as you see here, they a lot of times said exactly what they were thinking because I feel like their society, their culture was a shame-based culture. So, of course, you have to verbalize the shame so everyone understands that there's shame to be felt and now you have to live in that shame. But again, Jesus, you know, turns everything on its head and he says, you know what? This woman actually has done everything, though, like she's done everything right. She's worshipped me. She's adored me. She's given attention to me. She's anointed me. And this woman is, according to you, Simon, according to the Pharisees, this woman is a unclean sinner who I shouldn't touch. But at that same time, even though you guys, you Pharisees, you you people who are judging her, are giving her all these titles and these names of unclean and sinner and worthless, this person is actually doing the things that are loving and worshipful to Jesus, to the Father. So I want us to just consider that. Think about it. This whole week we've been considering the same the same topic, the same theme. How does God see what we're doing? How does God view what we bring to him as worship? You know, put it in any scenario. Think of it with, you know, the way that you are living and the way that you are uh, interacting in your marriage, in your children's lives, in your vocation, the way that you use your money, the way that you use your time, the way that you do everything in life. It's, it's, it is worship. Every aspect of life is worship. If we 
allow it to be. It can be worshiping the Father, or it can be worshiping ourselves, or it can be worshiping an idol that we've set up. But everything in life is worship. So the Pharisees, again, here, they think they have it all figured out. They think they're knocking it out of the park. They're doing a great job because, you know, you know, on paper, they're good. On paper, they've done all the right things. You know, according to the law, the Torah, they've done everything right. They've done this ceremonial cleansing. They haven't eaten this food. They haven't touched this person. They've said this prayer. They've tithed this amount. So they've done everything to the book, you know, They've checked all the boxes that are there that signify whether or not you're doing it well or not. And even though they've done everything according to the Torah, they haven't done the biggest thing. They haven't, they haven't learned to give the Father their heart. They haven't learned to be open and authentic and raw with the Father. And this woman, I think she is the other side of that coin where she may not have done everything right. She definitely hasn't done everything right, according to the law. But even though that's the case, she's still worshiping the Lord. She's still blessing Jesus. And we just have to get our minds around this because it's not about the outward things we do. We can do everything great outwardly but have a lot of things going on inwardly that are not at all worship to God. It's not about what's on the outside. It's about what's going on on the inside. What is our true intention? Why are we doing the things we're doing? Why are we tithing? Why are we serving? Why are we worshiping and singing songs with each other on on Sundays when we gather? Why are we being uh, faithful in our marriages? Why are we you know, being present with our children? Why are we making, you know, uh, wise and prudent choices with our finances? And why are we not totally just allowing ourselves to do anything we want when it comes to substances? Like, those are, the answers to those questions are, that's where worship is found. And I think for far too long, the Pharisees have, but also let's take it into our own time, modern day American Christianity. For far too long, we've kind of just done them because they're the right thing. And I say that with, you know, quotations. They're the right thing. They're the good thing. It's the moral thing. And, you know, hear me out right now. God loves goodness. God created goodness and morality. God created doing something well. So it blesses him when we do things well. But I feel like the main thing that we have to remember is doing something well and having it be good is a byproduct of our hearts and our bodies, our minds, our souls, all being, you know, kind of like finding a homeostasis and finding a a center. And then we start to good things pour out of us. Kindness pours out of us. Generosity pours out of us. Faithfulness pours out of us. Purity pours out of us. Because we are showing up and we're allowing God to engage with 
all that we have. Our brokenness, like this woman in this story, she's so broken. So broken. And yet she still is able to worship Jesus. And more than that, Jesus is able to see her heart and know where she is, where her heart is, and forgive her of her sins. Did she have to go through all the routines of the law? The law would say to go and do this cleansing technique and go and have this many days outside of the camp for this long until this is done. They're so detailed and so strict about the law. Jesus doesn't need that. He just sees her because he knows the law. The law is in him and sees her, sees her heart, knows where she's at and is able to forgive her. Boom. Your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So I hope this blesses you guys. I hope it challenges you. I, I want to challenge you and I want to be challenged I want to be the church that the Father desires. Not the church that we desire. Not the church that we think people want. I want to be the church that the Father desires. That Jesus desires. How do we translate his love, his power, his presence, and his way? That's what I want to be. So let me pray for us. Jesus, we invite you into our, our situations right now. We invite you into our brokenness. Father, no matter how good we do, no matter how well we get things done, we still are going to come up short and we're still going to be living with remnant, remnants of wounding and brokenness. It's just what it means to be human. It mean, it's what it means to be um, on this side of heaven. We are your image bearers. So you're there with us. You're in. We represent you. We reflect you. Your character and your presence is in us, Father, but we're still not fully able to reflect you in the fullness that we will be able to when we're with you. So, Father, we just come to you in the in the tension of that, where we are we're redeemed and we're sanctified and we are co-heirs with you, Jesus. And we're also sinners and we need mercy and we're broken and we're failing in many ways. And Lord, we come to you with the tension and we just, that's exactly what we do. We, we come in the tension, not, we don't want to try to figure it all out because there's certain things that we can't figure out, Father. We know. You're good, you love us, and you're working in us, Lord. You're refining us. So, Jesus, I just pray over each of us that that refinement would continue to take, take place, Father. And that beauty of the, the metaphor of the refiner's fire, Father, when we're purifying a gold, uh, any precious metal, Father, um, the dross, the, the things that are not pure due to the, the heat will rise to the surface. And then the uh, metal maker, the jeweler, whatever concept you want to use, will be able to scoop out the 
dross, the things that are being purified and that are coming out of the pure metal at the bottom. Lord, then that's just such a beautiful uh, metaphor of what our lives are. When we allow you to purify us, the dross, the things that are not what you want and not what we want, they rise to the surface and you take them, Lord. You say it again in your metaphor of the vine and the branches. Lord, you, Jesus, you are the vine and we as the church, we are the branches. And even more than that, the Father, the Father is the vine dresser. The Father is the one that's going through his vineyard and he's cutting away the things that won't bring fruit. But he's also pruning the areas that do bring fruit. And both processes require cutting and pain. Lord, so we just come to you in that process. We don't, we, we just repent for wanting to figure it all out and wanting to have it all just like a legal document, you know, with all the different stipulations laid out before us, like a, like a deal or something, Father. It's not that. It's, it's both and. It's you making us holy and us being holy at the same time. Father, so help us to rest in that and help us to hear your voice. Lord, would you give us eyes to see, ears to hear? Because what we really want, Father, is we want to be like you and we want to be used by you, Father. So would you empty us out and fill us and empty us out and fill us, Lord. Use us as vessels for your love, your power, your presence, your freedom. Lord, we want to be used. So we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, guys, it's always a great time to talk about Jesus and talk about scripture and what it means to follow him. And I just really pray that this blesses you guys this morning and that it would be used to help you have, you know, meditation and contemplative time with the Lord. Ask him those questions that we asked today and he'll answer. All right, guys, until next time. God bless you. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Together on Mission podcast. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by it today. If you had any questions about the Inland Vineyard Church, our ministries, or our Sunday services, feel free to connect with us on social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram, or check out our website at inlandvineyard.org.